Good morning, church. Let's all bow our heads and pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so very much for the good night's sleep and waking us to another beautiful day. We thank you for the gift of life and, and the air that you breathe into us each and every day. And we're so very thankful for the health that we enjoy and the blessings of this day. We ask, Father, that you would go with us throughout this day and through our lives and, and help us to uh, present ourselves as, as stewards of your word and, and follow the followers of Jesus. We thank you so very much for Jesus, and we love you, and we love Jesus, and we love the Holy Spirit. We pray that you'll always be with us as your people. Help us to understand your word more each day. We thank you, for Father, for our teachers and for their love for the children. We thank you for all that they do for us uh, in, in assisting us in raising these children. We pray that you will be with them and guide them and, and uh, protect them this, this particular school year. Be with our children, Father, and help them to uh, continue uh, good health and, and uh, learning. We ask that you assist them, Father, and be with them always throughout their lives. We pray that you'll uh, go with us as a people. We ask that you uh, look down upon us and continue your blessings on us. We pray the continued blessings on our country, Father, and we, we know that there are uh, troubles that are going on right now, and we place those troubles and those issues in your hands and ask that you uh, resolve these issues and, and help us to uh, to be, again, your your followers and, and lifting up your, your spirit during these troublesome times. Guide us, Father, be with our leaders of this nation. Help them, give them the strength, give them the wisdom to make the right decisions. Uh, go with us, Father, as your people again. Protect us and forgive us when we do wrong. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, kids, great to see you again. You know, when I was your age, which let's be sure and say was a really long time ago, at school when we were out at recess, we would choose up teams and play a game called kickball. Way fun. I don't know if you play kickball anymore. I don't even know that you have recess anymore, but I know you have fun whatever you're doing. But the biggest part of kickball was picking your team. And I know what it's like to not always be picked first. I'm betting that you sometimes have always have had the experience of not being picked first. Well, there was a, there's a story from the Gospels in Jesus' life where very early when Jesus was just getting started, he went by the Sea of Galilee, a lake really, and there were some men there in some boats, and they were fishermen. But you see, and Jesus said, I pick you. He said, come follow me. I, I want you on board. Well, I'm wondering if it, like kickball, were you really fast? Were you really strong? Were you really skillful and coordinated? Or maybe, maybe Jesus picked those guys because they were really smart. Or 
they were extra special people. Well, what we know is that, for the most part, none of those things were true. They may have been strong because they worked fishing, but they weren't extraordinary. None of them became athletes. They weren't extraordinarily smart, otherwise they wouldn't be fishing by the lake. And you know when we always picture Jesus coming up and talking to men? May have been. In fact, there's quite a lot of evidence that point towards it may not really have been men the way we talk about men or the way your pictures show men, but they may have been pretty young. We might have even said boys. Now, not all the disciples that Jesus called seem to have those indications, but there's a good chance that at least some of them were. And while there are only a few stories where people said, no, I'm not going to come in the Bible, there are a few, which makes us think that at least there's a possibility that there were people that Jesus called that said no. I wonder why Jesus chose those, and let's just say it, those boys to come follow him. Well, I'm not sure that it was because they were smart. I'm, not, I'm pretty sure it wasn't because they were great athletes. I'm also really sure that it wasn't because they were the most cooperative and that they all got along with each other because the Bible kind of tells us a different story than that. What we do know is that all of those people that followed him, and there were probably some fairly young boys, and there were some older men, but there were also women who followed Jesus. What we know is that the people that followed Jesus said yes. On that scene there by the sea, it was didn't say Yes, quote-unquote, but they left their nets and followed him. That's saying yes. When he calls Matthew or Levi, who's the tax collector, who was probably one of the older ones, it says Matthew left his tax booth, left his, his place there and followed Jesus. He said yes. I'm curious. Do you think that Jesus can't use you because you're not smart enough? Maybe you're not good-looking enough. I know I'm not. Or maybe you're not charismatic enough or people you know, follow you naturally. I don't know. But it seems to me that what the Bible says is that when Jesus says, come follow me, all we need to do, we don't need any qualification, all we need to do is say yes. And not only say yes with our mouths, but say yes with our lives. Leave some stuff of this world behind to follow Jesus into what he wants us to do. So, sometimes we say, who, me? You want me? And Jesus, every single time, says, yes, I want you. So I invite you, and I'm calling myself. Let's say yes with our mouths, but even more, let's say yes with our lives. And it's always amazing to me how sometimes we think that it's the adults or the older people that need to lead the way on saying yes to Jesus. But what the Bible says pretty often is it's the younger people who go run into his arms and they show us older folks the way to do it. Thanks for being people, boys and girls, that say yes to Jesus every day. 
single day. Thanks for listening. Bye. Be standing for this song, please. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where he may fail. And there I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep, my faith will stand. And I from Germany just to kind of let you, you know, we're having a good time. Everything's good. Um, just finishing up with the fourth year of teaching here in Germany, and that now makes me over 20-some years in teaching overall. Um, been asked to go ahead and do a reading from Matthew uh, 5, 13 through 16. You're the salt of the earth, but if the salt leaves, loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? 
it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. And the whole church said, It is amazing to me how important teaching is to God. He began revealing himself at creation. And even the creation itself is, is kind of an example of how God said, I want you to investigate. I want you to learn. I created a world that is complex and full, and, and I want to open the door for you to investigate. He created human beings with this incredibly inquisitive mind. I sometimes wonder if part of the process of becoming an adult too often is about losing that inquisitiveness and that imagination. And, and we really need to reverse that because that's what God created. It's the thing that he put there. There's a, a powerful um, idea in the science of intelligent design that says the earth is, one, is this uniquely created planet. And you can, you can kind of go for a very long time unpacking that. But one of the reasons that the earth is such a unique planet is because the way the atmosphere of the earth works and where it is inside our solar system and even bigger, inside our galaxy, you have the ability with the mind that God gave you to look out at the universe and to go discover. From the very beginning, God invites us to be learners and God himself is the teacher. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, that famous passage, the invitation to parents is teach your children. But, but understand that that invitation is not just a family issue. If I am an ancient Near Eastern person, particularly if I am a Jewish person, I understand the family not simply as my mom and dad or maybe my grandparents and my siblings. I understand family as the community. And that all of us are invited to join with God in the business of teaching. Now make no mistakes, the first place that we teach, the first subject that we teach, Proverbs particularly emphasizes this in a big way, the first place is to fear the Lord your God. Somebody say amen. If we're not teaching that as the primary thing, then to learn is misguided into things that don't honor God. But when we discover the awe, the awe of knowing who God is and how, how much greater He is than we are, then learning becomes this powerful thing. The word university, originally when it came out, when it was about the idea of universal application, and the idea was that all subjects would be applied to the understanding of who God was and how all subjects universally applied to who God was and learning more about God. You didn't graduate university without a significant amount of theology. So learning and teaching is a God thing. But you see, it's not just the idea of we're going to learn about God 
I believe that God unfolds the world in a way and says, I want you to learn about it all. If you grew up a, a little Jewish boy, and again, forgive me, I didn't make those rules. If you grew up a Jewish boy, you learned how to read by reading the Word of God. But make no mistakes, you learned to read. When we look at the life of Joseph, and he gets put into uh, Potiphar's household, what does Joseph bring to the game? Well, Joseph knew how to read and probably knew how to count, which most of the people in the household didn't know how to do. And that was because he grew up as a child of a faithful family who knew who God was and knew what it was, not only to teach the fear of the Lord, but to be people who were educated. God's in the education business. And while we don't have necessarily instruction on ABCs, in the Bible, and while we don't necessarily have instructions, instructions on addition, I can at least point to Psalm 119, which taught you your alphabet. Each section of Psalm, if you've ever wondered why it's so long, it's so long because all the sections start with the letter, each section starts with a different letter in the Hebrew alphabet. You would memorize, you would learn, it applied to bigger and better things. God believes education is incredibly important. And then I want to just go one step further. God doesn't ever just invest that education in a few select. But he says that all of us are involved in that education process. Of course, parents are involved in that process. Of course, grandparents are involved in that process. Grandparents, please say amen. Where would our grandchildren be without us? I'm fairly certain of that. But see, more than that, even as you look down through generations of people, you also recognize that it is the older students, older children, who are called on to teach the younger students. It's a constant process that all of us are involved in. And occasionally, the Bible opens our minds to the fact that not only it is the older who are supposed to teach, but sometimes the younger, the younger reach out to us and teach us a thing or two as well. And our hearts are intended to be pliable to what God wants us to learn, even if that voice comes from children. There are two stories in the Bible that are radically different from each other, and yet they have the same core meaning. You find the story of the calling of the prophets, and Isaiah's is, is, a, is a majestic scene in uh, the temple itself, and he is full of awe. In fact, he is full of woe because he doesn't think that he belongs in that place with that person. Jeremiah's is a little more simple. He's clearly not in the temple and probably not a priest, and so holds God in that special uh, kind of relationship that Isaiah did. But still, Jeremiah kind of has to argue and dialogue with God. Ezekiel, on the other hand, seems to be just kind of a folk just like you and I are. And God's basic call to him in Ezekiel's chapter 2 and 3 is the idea of come and eat. I've got a scroll for you, and I want you to eat it. And again, Ezekiel's a lot like me. God hands it to me, and what does he do? He eats it. Then we turn the page to the New Testament. We have examples, and again, the story was so important that Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell the story of Jesus walking by the sea. They all tell the story of Jesus coming by the tax collector's booth. And I think there's a divergence here. 
there is the awe that Isaiah holds for God. And, and he's, he's backing away. Whoa, 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 whoa. But isn't it powerful the way that while Isaiah was in God's temple and God was something to be feared, that when, the, when Jesus comes, Jesus, that fullest representation of the presence of God, which is what the temple was about, walks down the beach and nobody is pulling away in fear. And yet they both call. Isaiah, God says, who will go for me? And in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it is, come follow me and I'll make you fish for people. It's an incredible call. And we might like to think that it is a call just for a select few. But the Bible's message, whether it's the message in Isaiah or the message in Ezekiel and Jeremiah, whether it's the message to Moses, whether it's then the message to Peter, Andrew, James, and John, Matthew, you keep the list going, is clearly a representative picture of Jesus calling me and you. Calling us. And the response, the response of those who God uses is just like the guy said in the kid talk. Yes, here am I, send me. They left their nets behind. Matthew leaves his tax booth behind. And, and by the way, when they left the nets behind, they were leaving behind the day's profit, the fish that were in the nets. When Matthew left his booth, he left probably funds there. And he could have been called into account for misusing or losing those funds. And yet when Jesus said, come, it wasn't this shrinking, oh God, you're too big and too much. It was this, I'll come. I'll follow you. I'll go wherever you lead me. Now, they didn't always fulfill that completely, but make no mistakes, they did it. And before it was done, most of them gave their lives to do it. And that's not just the disciples. That's also the story of some of the prophets in the Old Testament. So the bottom line of the message today is that God is calling God is calling, and, and I want to just push it a little bit further. Our culture, our society is calling and saying, we need you. Now that's true basic, at the most basic levels. We need parents to be the best teachers they can be. Somebody say amen. And by the way... It doesn't change. The order doesn't change. We always need parents to be the best teachers of the fear of the Lord and what it is to follow Jesus that they can be. We need grandparents who don't try to take the message in another direction but who say, no, I want to I do what God wants. And even though this is, just, this is two generations as opposed to one generation and maybe the message... And the method changes a little bit because a new generation has come along. We still want to point them toward what God wants. As a church family, we have to be the people 
who step up and say, yes, God, we will teach. We will teach them to love the Lord, not just with our words, but with every action. But the message today is a little more particular. Because we are in need of educators. This unique scenario in, for the last hundred years at any rate, maybe longer, where a pandemic has changed the way our society interacts with each other. It shut down schools last year, and yes, there were children who logged on and did what they were supposed to do, but not as many as you would have liked. In fact, far too few. And now we come to a new school year, and we say, we need you. We need our whole community about education. We need to support kids. What are you learning? Have you been online? Are you, we're asking them what their lessons are. We need to join parents in that. But let me say particularly, teachers, we need you. Educators, we need you. If you're on the support staff, we need you to do things to help people learn. If you're an administrator, we need you to make decisions that help people learn. Because if there was ever a time when we got reminded again that education is absolutely essential, the removal of children from schools and the distance of learning as opposed to it being a face-to-face interaction will have incredible consequences. In fact, I have a feeling on August the 19th when students log on for the first time, at least in BISD, Whenever those initial interactions occur, I think we're going to be shocked how much we lost just by one spring. So we need you, teachers. We need you, educators. We need you, everyone involved in that process. Private or public school, it doesn't matter, or homeschoolers. We desperately need you because our children need to learn. I'm going to go a step further. God commands that our children learn. Our children deserve to learn. And so we need educators. Does that mean it's going to be an easy proposition? Answer number one, everybody say it together, no. Does that mean it's going to be a proposition without risk? And that is, the answer to that is also no. And the risk is going to increase as we choose to assemble in classrooms and be where a teacher can see a student and see how they're struggling and assess why they're struggling, one student, and say, I can get you over that hump. I hate to think about what I wouldn't know if it weren't for Miss Bell, if it weren't for Miss Rushing, and if it weren't for Miss Pope, who, who took Alan and helped him get over those humps, I can promise you I wouldn't be here speaking today. Or if I was speaking, you wouldn't enjoy it nearly so much. Let's just say it that way. And the question would be, don't you think that you had to have that as well? We uh, are praying for our teachers 
And we have some great educators in this congregation. We have a, 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 an administrator who works at the central office, Clara Sales Davis. And she and I sat down together and we had a little conversation. And she's going to encourage us in how we need to be praying for our teachers. Everybody, and I'm really happy to have Clara Sales Davis agree to come visit with us as we this Sunday are going to be uh, praying over and blessing our teachers and educators. I thought it might be fun to grab somebody who works with them all the time and talk a little bit about uh, how we want to pray for our teachers and our educators, our support staff, all those kinds of things. So, Clara, as you think about the best things we can be praying for these people what what comes to mind for you well this year is pretty unique in that it, we've never started like this so I would say the first thing is for us to have courage I think there's a little anxiety as we you know battle the coronavirus you think a little anxiety just a little just a little <laughs> and let me set, tell you why a little because as Christians and I have to remember this we have to be brave and courageous and one of the things that you can help us with is help us to remember, number one, to trust. Mm -hmm. To trust in our Savior. Mm -hmm. to, to know that he has his hand over us because he cherishes what we do. Because he has given us our most precious, precious entities, and that's our children. Yeah. Our precious jewels. That's the, the best thing on earth that we have is our children and our grandchildren, our, our great-grandchildren and our foster children and all the children in the world. And, and he's put us in charge of our children. And so I, I know that we have to have that strong courage so that they can see not only the trust that we have in our Savior, but the courage that we have in relying on our Savior. Amen. So help us to have that courage. Okay. The other thing too is help us to remember our, help us pray that we have, we can remember our purpose. What is our purpose? And our purpose is to serve him, to serve our Lord, and to, to really know that that servant leadership is, is our priority. Mm -hmm. And so with that courage and that servant heart that we remember to stay calm in the chaos mm -hmm. let them see our inner peace that we draw and even though that we just might be freaking out in reality but to, <laughs> but on the outside we need to show them Jesus and Jesus is full of love and he's he's calm and you know his examples that he leads for us give us that calmness mm -hmm. I like to say we got to stay calm in the chaos yes and while the chaos is really going on up here, that our outer part is reflecting him. And I think about one of the stories in the Bible when, you know, the storm was just raging and Jesus was sleeping. And it was like, wait a minute, we're all going to drown, we're going to die. And this is just, this is, can't be happening to us. And, and, you know, he woke up and said, trust me. You know, trust me. And. We have to be that, trust me, boys and girls, or students, and, uh, young adults, we've got this. Yeah. Whatever it is, we can figure it out together because we, we have this higher power that if he made the universe, mm -hmm. he can help us through, through the coronavirus. Yes. Right? Yes, I so, agree. So 
The other thing, too, I think, uh, pray that we remember who we work for. Because a lot of times we think about we work for the boss, we work for the man, we work for the school district. But in the reality, we work for God. Yeah. He is our boss, and that's who we serve. Yeah. And so pray that we are surrounded and blessed with Christian leaders, you know, from our superintendent down to the, our co-workers, to our colleagues, that we are blessed and surrounded with people that have the same power that we have. Yeah. And I just think collectively we can really make a difference in the lives of boys and girls, even through a coronavirus. It's kind of amazing the way uh, I think we take education sort of for granted. And I don't think anybody's taking education for granted anymore. Uh, you, you remove a piece of the puzzle, and it isn't just about kids not, uh, parents not having some place to send their kids. Mm -hmm. It's their kids not being able to learn the way they need to learn. Right. How do you see us being able to pray for um, our teachers? And the, again, it has to be daunting to think about grabbing these kids from all the places they, because not only is this year starting different than it did, last year ended differently right. than ever it has. How can we pray into that for well, the teachers? I think, too, we have to remember, Alan, that our parents are their first teachers. Yeah. And for some reasons, they fear, fear taking their children to school or sending them to school because of some health reasons, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. And so I think in the, in the line of the teaching profession, we also have to remember our parents as partners. Yeah. But I think just to, to help our teachers stay connected with our parents, mm -hmm. that's such a big piece of the success of the child is that we're not working against one another, that we're working with one another. Because I, help us know that we need our parents as much as our parents depend and rely on us. Very good. Thank you. Thank you very so much. So I think that, you know, we both have our areas of expertise, but when we can grab each other together, our kids are going to see the best of both worlds. It's kind of like a mother and a father. You know, when they work together collectively to mm. raise children, it's not always easy, but when they do it together, there's a stronger bond. Yeah. It's like the, the verse in Ecclesiastes that says, you know, you're two, two, I don't know exactly, but you do. You're the preacher. Yeah. But, you know, when two ropes are bonded, it's right. strong. But when we can get three ropes, yeah. our parents, our teachers, and our children working collectively, I think we can perform some great miracles here on the earth. Okay. We're going to be praying for that. Okay. Pray for miracles. There we go. Yes. And uh, one last thing. Um, I think as we, we've been kind of focused mostly on teachers in our conversation at this point, but I, I just want to say how much I appreciate what the folks at your level, the assistant superintendents and directors, are doing uh, to lead. And uh, leading in a scenario where the, the, answer, the right answers are almost impossible to have, but leading with, with hope and trust, and I appreciate that very, very much. And I want you to know that we're praying for that for for you and and the the, the cohort of, of people that are leading this district and all the districts that are around us well I want you to know that we feel your prayers we feel 
we there is a spirit that really makes us stronger and it also gives us that that gift of discernment because we don't have all the answers uh, and and we try to uh, have a facade that we do know the answers but we sometimes have no idea what we need to do yes and so we really i don't know if you realize it but and i'm blessed that i have superintendents assistant superintendents co-workers uh, people in the office that that love jesus love jesus yeah. and they they can feel that spirit too mm-hmm. and and so i want you to know that because there's been times when i've run down the hall to your wife sharon and said i need you to pray for me right now <laughs> and and uh, very directive and abrasive but she knows that i'm stressed and whenever I walk away from her, there's this sense of peace that I actually feel. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and I'm listening to God a little bit more uh, than I used to in my youth, but I know that just being around fellow Christians gives me that inner strength and that peace that sometimes I forget when I'm in that world of chaos. So please continue with prayers and that we have the prayers of decision-making and discernment and that when we make mistakes, we have the humility to say we made a mistake. So we feel it. I see the people that I observe from this district and I think they, they live there in that, hum, in that humility and that appreciation for the, the way that we pray for them and the people around them. Uh, I've been listening to Sharon pray over me for over 35 years. <laughs> and uh, there are very few voices that I hear the Spirit through more than hers. So I'm glad you're blessed by that as well. I am blessed by that. Thanks again for joining me today. appreciate having you. Well, I appreciate you. Church, be sure and say thank you to Clara for visiting with us today. My pleasure. <laughs> thank you, church. Were you blessed? Please share and reach out to Clara and say thank you. And I hope that your prayers, and we'll be praying in just a minute. In fact, Randy's going to get up and pray for us now. So uh, let's join together uh, in our hearts, even if we can't necessarily reach out and touch each other. Thank you, Randy. One thing before we pray, uh, just need to remember... um, getting those facilities ready. Um, What we have to go through here, just think what it is in our schools to make it clean, presentable, safe for our kids, for the college. I just finished uh, teaching a class this last week and the misery of teaching with a mask on was was not easy. And so uh, I know we're starting to kind of move away from being, have the teachers have to do that, but um, the people who are cleaning. Um, also, I want to remember our uh, parents in this process of ones that may have to be at work and have kids at home and figuring out how to way, a way to have them be able to study. Maybe a grandparent uh, is there with them. So as we go through this process, it's something very different. This pandemic has put us in a, in a different frame of mind and um, I know through our elders meetings and stuff that we go through about opening up the doors for worship, it's not an easy decision. And, uh, and then when we had to close them and come back. So uh, 
we may go through some of that through this school year as uh, we move forward. So let's pray. Our fathers, we lift up everyone. I would just like for our educators who are here in this room uh, to feel the power and the ones who are watching online to know that we are lifting you up. Uh, you are a special person, and uh, I just ask that those who are in the, in the teaching field in college, uh, through our high schools, our junior highs, our private schools, homeschool, whatever the avenue is for reaching our students, I just ask for there to be patient. I ask for support, uh, to be brave and have courage. We also need to trust in you and realize that you are in control and what you have put forth is something that you, that you will help us overcome. And, uh, and in the end, we know that your love will win. Just ask that you uh, give us a purpose to serve. Uh, our purpose we know is to you and that we need to show your love through us to all those who we come in contact with. We ask that, uh, that we be calm during this pandemic and the chaos that's going on. Uh, the calmness that we need to show and let that show through us because it will show to our students. Remember who we work for and we work for you. I just ask that you uh, be with the parents that they will not be frustrated and also work closely with the teachers that the, so that uh, unity between them two can help support our learning and the learning that our kids need to have. You know, we are praying for a miracle, but we know you're in control. And as we look, look for you to give us direction and that we follow, let this time that we're going through can be a time that will uh, change this world and that the need for you to be in everything that we do is so important. We pray in these things in Christ's name. Amen. And the whole church said, Isaiah chapter 6, uh, just before God says, who will go? And Isaiah says, send me. We note that God prepares him for it. God comes to him and touches his lips with the coal. And it equips him for what God is going to call him to do. And in the same way, God equips us. He equips us in many ways. The greatest of which is he gives us his spirit. But a reminder of all that Christ has done for us is when we come around this table. The Spirit would not be ours if it weren't for what Jesus did on the cross and for what God did in raising him up. Someone say amen. And so as you take the bread and the cup today, and if you're at home, I encourage you to have your elements ready. As you take the bread and the cup today, maybe, just maybe, you think about the way. Aren't you thankful that it's not a hot coal that we have to take every single Sunday? That was a pretty good joke. You should have laughed at that one. I'm sure the people at home laughed. But that in taking the bread, which is the body of Christ, and in taking the cup, which represents his 
blood, that not only do we, are we reminded of the forgiveness that he gives us, but we are reminded that he will equip us for everything that he sets us for. So let's partake together. So for this song, we'll do it a little bit differently. We're going to sing verses 1, 2, and 3, and then sing the chorus at the end. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus Nazarene and wonder how he with me please father god we come before you to ask your blessings on this bread the body of your son that was given for us as a sacrifice so that our sins could be washed away as we take this in a manner pleasing to you through your son's name we pray amen my prayer is not for them alone I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Pray with me again. Father God, we thank you for the, the blessings that you provide us, Lord, but most importantly, the the blessing that you sent and the gift of your son. We ask that you bless this, this juice, the, the blood of your son, the blood of the new covenant, the blood that we needed to be washed whiter than snow to cleanse us of our sins. We ask that we take this in a manner pleasing to you. Through your son's name we pray. Amen. Very quickly, of course, if you really want to know more details about our prayer list, you should open up the update, LJCC update from August the 6th. I won't be repeating what is stated there. Other than this, let's all celebrate together that as far as we know, we have no new COVID cases inside our membership or family of our membership. Somebody say amen. Uh, we are aware that Patty Pan is now home from her surgery and she's uh, recovering but doing well. We also want to be thankful that Alan Lee has uh, moved to a group home in Texas City. Um, if you would like to know about, and he would appreciate, 
and has the opportunity for some contact, or if you'd be willing to help deliver uh, communion to him on a Sunday, please see Donna Marie and Robin. They can give you the details that you need to help with that. A couple of things we uh, need to update from Thursday that you need to be praying uh, des- sincerely for. Um, Bernice Skinner's uh, situation has changed a fair bit. The details that we understand from her daughter is that her heart was not keeping up, and so they put a pacemaker in, and now the heart isn't keeping up at all. Um, These are difficult things if you were able to be with them, but she is alone in ICU, and so please pray uh, for Bernice, but also particularly pray for Jack and the family. Also, my friend Mel Kelder had a very difficult couple of days after I sent out the update on Thursday. That seems to have turned, but um, he's still very much at risk. And so if you would remember my friend Mel Kelder in your prayers. Finally, uh, we got word yesterday that Danny Randolph's mother, Kate Randolph, um, and we've prayed for her before because of some health issues, but she passed away Saturday morning in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Uh, The family is en route there as we speak, and there will be a visitation Monday night, and then services will be Tuesday at 11 there in Chattanooga. So if you would keep them in your prayers. Woe to me. If it's just me, I am completely vulnerable and unable to do for myself. But it is God who initiates. It is God who sends the seraph. It is God who sends the seraph to to put that coal on Isaiah's lips. The invitation today is to recognize that I can't do it without God. Somebody say amen. I can't live without God, but I can't be his person without his help. I can't find forgiveness. I don't know what it is to to reach into his salvation and his new creation without him. But the good news is, is Jesus came. And Jesus did what needed to be done. And he is alive today, a first fruit of that new creation. And you can be a part of him. If there's any way that we can help you, any need that you have, because you recognize that you can't do it without God, and you're not sure where to go, you may come forward while we sing this song if you're here. If you're not here, please, uh, you can use the text number that there, that's there available and let us know what's going on. I'll, I'll literally watch it while the song unfolds to see if you need us to pray about anything. We need God. And God says, I've got you. God says... Yes, whenever we say, I need you. Let's stand and sing. He is able.
Sorry, Bob, I just need one quick word. Um, we got word during the service um, that uh, if you're not aware, BI, Loving BISD is our mission emphasis for this month. And um, the school district has, uh, we, we, one of the big efforts that we do is to have breakfast for the staff at Boydell Elementary, which is the campus that we've adopted. And as you know, you cannot bring just what you've made and set it up, but we have the opportunity to, they're, they're allowing us to bring a catered meal in. If you would be willing to contribute to that, Belinda, would you please stand up? Belinda Tabry back here, if you would be willing to contribute some dollars to help make that a possibility, we would like to be sure we can, in one way that we can serve them, to serve the staff there at Boyle Elementary, and in that, participate in God's yes to we believe in you. Okay, sorry, Bob, to hold you up. Again, uh, welcome you that are in our audience today and those of you that are online. So we just happy that you're able to be with us today. We're all uh, teachers, uh, whatever you might think about, but and we're all students also. So uh, when we uh, recognize the teachers, uh, we're also recognizing ourselves also. I'd like to read a scripture, Matthew uh, chapter 28 and verses 19 uh, through 20. Uh, this is Jesus talking, and this is what we a lot of times refer to as the Great Commission. And he, he's asking us to uh, be teachers and to be students also, uh, as he would like for us to learn what he would have us to do. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is something that we, we sometimes uh, fail to realize what we're trying to do as Christians. Uh, I would like to also thank you for your financial support. It's uh, keeping it up and keeping it going. Uh, if you have a contribution today that you'd like to contribute, uh, the, at the back of the bo uh, uh, building, there's a box that you can put your contribution in, and it will be uh, counted today. Uh, again, next Sunday, the 16th, is going to be our recognition of the students who will be returning back to school or returning to uh, uh, their uh, online-type uh, training. So we need to remember them. After services today, there's going to be a, a church business meeting in the auditorium right here in, in this uh, uh, area right here. And uh, if you can, we'd like for you to stay. Uh, if you uh, need to take a little break, I think there's going to be a little break between when we start the uh, business meeting and, and uh, when we uh, uh, have a little time to maybe go to the restroom or whatever you need to do. Also, uh, uh, don't forget that uh, if you need to leave, uh, if you can, if you'd like to, uh, exit into the uh, Family Life Center and you can sit there and talk and, or stand there and talk and, and uh, be out of maybe the heat or whatever and give you an opportunity to visit if you need to visit there. So let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer at this time. Father, we just thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Especially we thank you for Jesus. 
we have many that are in our congregation that are uh, sick or having medical issues. We ask that you will continue to, to bless them. Uh, there's ones that have lost loved ones. We ask you for blessings on them. Just to mention a few of uh, uplift uh, some of the ones that are uh, going through uh, illness or, or uh, medical issues. Bernice Skinner, Edna Allen, Sandra Mullins, April Bar uh, Barton, Billy Rush <coughs> Russell, Russell, Mary Lou Leon, Patty Pan, uh, Joanne Philo, Mac Simmons, and Mel Kinder, and Alan Lee. We just want you to hold, hold these up to you and, and you know their needs. You know what you need to uh, bless them with. We ask that you would do that for them. We ask that your blessings be on the congregation, on the members, and we pray that you will bless the activities that this congregation is involved in. We ask that you'll be with them and give them uh, the uh, knowledge and, and the things that they need to do to glorify you in this area. We ask as uh, your blessings on the mission emphasis for this uh, loving BISD uh, this month. We pray that you will bless that. We also ask for our blessings on our missionary, missionaries, uh, the ones that are in assisted living, our military, and uh, our students that are in college. We ask that you'll continue with uh, your blessings with them. We ask you to continue to watch over us, Lord. We just thank you for all the things that you do. We ask for your forgiveness. We ask for your guidance when we uh, are trying to do what we need to do to serve you. We ask you to uh, bless us and guide us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may stand if you would. <clears throat> Let's stand. Oh. 